Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp H-E-L-P. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. The following is a presentation of the Force Center podcast feed. From the center of the galaxy, this is a Force Center podcast feed. I'm Ken Napsok. I'm Joseph Scrimshaw. And I'm Jennifer Landa. And you know, it's nice to cut out the other center for the intro, but other center <laughs> is still very much a part of what we're doing. And quite frankly, it's a part of my soul. 
after these last 118 days. That's right. As of right now, the SAG after strike is over. Now, the word tentative is still floating around it, and that's something we can talk about. If the vote goes wrong, we'll re- we'll discuss what's going on. But I, <laughs> I have full confidence that it's not. Uh, we are going to have a lot of fun reconnecting with all of you because we're going to reconnect with Star Wars on this episode. It's going to be a fun little adventure. But before we get to all that and catch up here, uh, we always want to remind you that today's podcast is brought to you by Audible. Get a free audiobook download and a 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com slash Over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. A little bit later, we have a Force Center recommends an audiobook we think you should try out on us. Uh, that is the Audible. Joseph, we have an ask and announcements as we dive in. That's so. right. And great enunciation <laughs> on ask. That's something you can always get here on Force Center, Other Center, enunciating the word ask. Uh, our current ask is that you uh, subscribe or resubscribe on YouTube. We are hoping to hit uh, a, a new number of 7,500. Of course, we always want to grow YouTube, but that's kind of a special ask this episode. Not only are we reconnecting with Star Wars, but we have some announcements about the way that the show is going to be going uh, in the future. I'm not just saying the word podcast. I'm saying show because uh, we are finally launching on YouTube with our faces. As people have been asking for many years, uh, we are going to be recording audio like always. It's going to be a a fun, friendly conversation with one another. Every once in a while, we'll look in the camera like Jim from The Office. But we're also going to be recording with our faces and releasing the exact same episode on YouTube. The first big episode is going to be our overview of Ahsoka, which is coming Tuesday, November 28th. I know people are very eager to hear about Ahsoka, but we want to give ourselves time to to rewatch, to sink in, and, and to give Ahsoka and the show her absolute due. Now, Going forward for the rest of this year, we're going to be doing uh, two shows. We're going to be doing our our main Force Center Star Wars show, deep dives, uh, whatever we want to talk about in the Star Wars world. And we're going to keep Other Center going. We've really been enjoying talking about other things, and we've been getting great responses from listeners and from patrons that they enjoy us hearing, hearing us talking about other things. So we're going to keep right now questions of the other going forward. Maybe we'll also uh, talk about cheesecake, <laughs> new music, other pop culture, because we can do that now. And we'll be making more plans in the in the new year for the whole shape of uh, Force Center, Other Center. And for now, uh, we're going to debut a, a, a new tagline that uh, Force Center is going to be a show about Star Wars, as always, but also other pop culture and the greatest adventure, the ultimate adventure, life itself so those are some big announcements and an ask i i i'm good we didn't talk about this off air I, i'm just gonna throw this out there the one thing i'm really eager to talk about is the barbie movie oh yeah <laughs> which is i've been dying to discuss how that movie moved me beyond belief and this uh, this will be a place to do it that's that's what i'm I, i'm excited about going forward excited to get back to star wars we're gonna talk about the day but man uh there's so many other things that we'd love to put that force center eye on Barbie was one of the great pains of the uh, <laughs> of not talking about pop cultures. We'll talk about of uh, the reaction that it's uh, you know condemning men. I think it was an off ramp for bad behavior for men. A kind and generous offer of a better path. Uh, that's a little tease of the kind of talk you're going to hear uh, in this episode and going forward. Jennifer, how are you feeling about video about keeping coming back to Star Wars and other center uh, coming continuing? 
I'm excited. I actually haven't seen the Barbie movie. Um, yeah, I wow. know. Part of the reason why was because I couldn't take my kids to it. And mm. it's just a lot harder. And my husband was like, eh, okay. <laughs> like date night is a really, you know, it's a special yeah. thing. It requires a lot of moving parts. Mm. So, you know, setting aside some babysitters. So we'll get to it. I think we can watch it now on streaming. Ooh, I'm not yeah. sure. Yeah. So. I'm excited yeah. to watch that. No, no one, yeah. no one's taking it off for tax breaks, so it's out there. It's out there. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I'm surrounded by Barbie all day long. We have a Barbie dream house, tons of Barbies in our backyard, in our house. So mm. I'm ready. It's great. It's great. One of my favorites. Um, we're gonna yeah. dive into a main topic shortly here. Reconnecting with Star Wars. Uh, this is fun. It's ex- exciting. It's uh, you know, it's funny. We've been waiting for this. And here is, it's the day we're recording and talking, get to say Star Wars, Star Wars, Star Wars, Star Wars, Star Wars, all we want. And it's just feels almost normal again, Joseph. Like, mm-hmm. hey, it's, it's always been here. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm super excited uh, to get into uh, the reconnecting with Star Wars and what that all means to us. And, and I keep having the weird like, oh, wait, I can just post that picture of that action figure. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's really nice to be seeping back in. Yeah. Um, I would love to talk life adventures because that's a yep. another thing for me that was like, oh, wow, I can talk about seeing other things as well as Star Wars. So, Ken, what were your life adventures? Uh, you know what? It's been kind of a, 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 a I don't know, it, it's been a dark time in my life recently. <laughs> it's been a tough year, tough month. Uh, so I uh, was able to experience uh, just just un just on an unadulterated fun uh, uh, and, and mm-hmm. emotional impact by going to a concert on, on um, Friday nights to the Will Turn. I went with a friend of the show, Brian Tiller, who's uh, uh, part of the musical project I'm, I, I got now called The Moonagers, and our friend uh, uh, Darina Ariana, who's a friend of the show, been on the show before, and Frank, the editor for the old uh, Collider fans that remember him. We went to the Will Turn to see Liz Fair doing her 30th anniversary show for her first album, Exile in Guyville, which is just a surreal amount of time. And uh, a great artist, uh, Blonde Shell, opened up, uh, who is, she's she's just wonderful, but she is four years younger than the album we were all celebrating, which it, it puts mm. some of it in perspective. <laughs> Not to get too, so deep into the music of it, uh, but Liz Fair is obviously very important to me. I've talked about her on the show before, what her music meant to me, it means to me, but meant to me a lot in the 90s. It, it taught me a lot. Uh, it, it seems like I'm I'm being kind of, uh, I don't know, a, a, a little snarky jackass when I say for a while, Liz was the only woman in my life. Uh, that was actually really true from a certain point of view in terms of her music and 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 how uh, she taught me that she isn't just a, a girl in a slip uh, with a guitar on the cover of Rolling Stone. She's a fully functional 360-degree human being, and, and the music was about that. And, and if you were able to kind of get past the the headlines of, of her work and, and get to the core of it, I think there was a lot for everyone to learn. And that was present in the audience. Uh, I, I, mm. I got to go to the Lady Gaga concert at Dodger Stadium about a year and a half ago. And you and I talk about how beyond just the show, which was amazing, and be, her being a talent, the reason I think you and I were so affected by it is you could literally feel the energy of 55,000 people being themselves. And it was something palpable. This was mm-hmm. a, a packed house at the Wiltern, smaller venue, but a, a classic venue. I hadn't been in 21 years. Saw Nelly Furtado in mm. 2002 and I hadn't been back. Uh, it wasn't just a nostalgia show. Yeah, there's some of that. There's a lot of people, guys in, with gray beards like me and and, uh, and older folks, uh, you know, mid-40s to, to mid-50s. Yes, but 
even you could feel it from, from Liz on stage. It was a celebration of, of, of 30 years of life, 30 years of living, successes, failures, and going back to that time to reflect on where we were. And, I, and it was oddly emotional. Like I had sometimes thinking, I remember hearing this, hearing Never Said coming, coming out of my car radio, the 1981 Fort Fairmont that I had. And where was I then? And where am I now? And it was really powerful. It was not just a, a mom and dad rock show. It, it, it was it was a generational celebration. And it was it was fun. And plus, I got to go to Denny's for dinner. So uh, <laughs> Denny's Diner, America's Diner, you and I learned that. Uh, and it was it was just absolutely a lot of fun. And that kind of that brought some uh, not just joy back to my life that I needed, but per- some perspective on art and why we celebrate art and why we dive into it. So that was my weekend. Then I took a nap. Dad. That, <laughs> and then a two day nap. Two two weeks in a row, I have danced so hard, jumped up after <laughs> that I haven't been able to walk for two days after. Yeah, I'm looking forward to your album Napping Guy though, where you just conk yeah. out. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I love what you're saying, and, and, and you know maybe we can do a concert episode uh, yeah. about best concerts that the Guns N' Roses concert at Hollywood Bowl. I love what you're saying about the songs, not just being nostalgia of I remember that. I wish I was young, but honestly connecting your life journey. And mm-hmm. I, I started hitting me of like, this song is uh, trying to lift weights in, in my basement. This song is going to my grandma's in 1987 and seeing the music video. Yeah. This song is uh, that woman telling me no to a date. Yeah. This song is like all these memories that were different and that, that made it really powerful. Yeah, absolutely. A lot of fun. Nope. Yeah. Yeah. And I I like that, you know, we, we see a lot of older rock stars, like, you know, men, right? Mm-hmm. Like the Rolling Stones and and uh, whoever, right? So it's, it's cool that Liz Fair, she is showing, like, you can be, an, I don't want to say older woman because she still is, in her prime, yeah. right? She's also a mom, right, as well? She is. Uh, is she she, she's she's 56. Uh, she's very yeah. open about that. Her son's approaching 30 herself, which is crazy. I remember, Wait, I remember what? Her. Yeah, yeah, um, but you know that's absolutely it. And and I'd seen her several times before in the in the mid two thousands during the Why Can't I f- uh, era, which is also an era I love. But uh, and she played that song here. But she's never sounded better. She's mm-hmm. never sounded better. And she was someone who part of the Liz Fair lore is she had crippling stage fright. So in the nineties, mm-hmm. it was very hard for her to go out on stage and, and sing and promote these songs and albums. She did. But it was it was like crippling stage fright, and, and not only she moved past that and, and had it for years, but it was it was a, such a confident human being singing these songs that, as she said on stage, I wrote these in my parents' house in my bedroom into a four track recorder, and to be here now, wow. they're over thirty years later from when I started writing these songs. It, it's it was surreal. So yeah, uh, I absolutely agree with you, Jen, on on that point. That's that so is cool. great. Jennifer, what were your life adventures? Did you dance on Friday and then nap for two days? Like Boy, Ken? That sounds like a lot of fun. I want to go to the Liz Fair <laughs> concert. I did. I, no, I have. I'm beginning a new chapter. Um, I'm, I won't get into it too much. Um, but yeah, a lot of schooling, mm. grad school to be exact. So there, there's just, mm. it's a lot. It's mm. really exhausting. But I will say something fun. We can talk about it now is The Fall of the House of Usher. Ooh. It's a show on Netflix. And I knew right away because I know Mark Hamill, but my husband had no idea that Mark Hamill was was his character on this show because he physically, he looks different, uh, but also his voice. And we all know he's a fantastic voice actor as well. Like he's throwing it. So it's so low and gravelly and he's so uh, still in his performance. He really has transformed into this character. I'm not all the way done with it, but 
it's a it's a really scary kind of a uh, horror type of show, which is not something I'm into, <laughs> but it's a lot of fun to watch. I highly recommend it. That's great. Yeah, he's got some great scenes uh, in the final episodes. Uh, oh, I bet. Yeah. I think I'm on episode four right now. It's it, yeah. He he was one of my favorite parts of that show, and I like that it it is a, a total, complete, unique character. It's like he's taken the the ways he's been allowed to stretch in voice acting, mm-hmm. and and partnering with somebody who's like, you don't have to be at all. Luke Skywalker, you don't have to be this kind of big version of who people think Mark Hamill is. You can just total character act, you know, build this character from the ground up. So huge, huge respect. There is also a slight element to his performance that sounds a little like his Harrison Ford impression. So I'm also enjoying that. (laughs) It's not at all him doing a Harrison Ford impression, but what's great about his Harrison Ford impression is, is capturing the real low dead man and almost mm-hmm. everything's down here real low and real flat. No, I can't be bothered with that. I just crashed my airplane in Santa Monica. What's the problem? <laughs> like it's, yeah, it's really yeah. cool. Oh my gosh. Yeah. 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 Uh, I like that show. Yeah. That's, that's a great life adventure to be able to talk about fall of the house of Usher I know. is a great life adventure. Um, yeah. I had a very full weekend. My wife had a dance show that was amazing and great. Uh, but, because uh, we are reconnecting not just with Star Wars, but the ability to talk about all pop culture. Uh, I wanted to share about going to the Marvels. Um, so I, I walked to uh, Grauman's Chinese Theater and I saw the Marvels. And uh, I I have I definitely have some Marvel burnout. I think it has been uh, too much uh, coming out for me to keep up with. Um, but I really, really loved uh, the Marvels. And uh, we could do a whole episode about uh, why it's not doing well at the box office. The, mm. the actors haven't been able to promote. It's uh, there is a lot of Marvel burnout. Uh, the this is the first big film that is reliant on knowing the characters from the television shows. Mm. Um, and then you know, hey, there's some <laughs> there's some uh, gender stuff and some diversity stuff, and some of the worst humans on the planet are cheering for the movie not doing well. So it's a mm. it's a complicated thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and I also understand like, it's just a lot of people are, are tired of genre because it's been so dominant between Marvel and Star Wars and Lord of the Rings and and Game of Thrones. Mm -hmm. So I was thinking about all that. Marvel's was, it was so funny. It was so inventive and fresh. And it just really got me thinking about why we like genre stuff, Mm -hmm. um, and, and the point of it. So, uh, so the the theater was not that full, but the people who were there were so into it, really having a great time. Um, and the the film, I think, has some really great themes about losing connection and regaining connection, which is powerful in in our uh, the pandemic phase we're in. Has a great uh, theme about the different way powers power can be used. So anyway, I, I leave the theater. I'm feeling both great and like sorry that the film's not going to do well and, and mm. it's going to be a lightning rod. Um, and uh, and a, a person had been uh, taking photos with the the footprints and the handprints uh, outside Grauman's. And um, they had uh, they were having a hard time getting back up for lots of various reasons. Um, and no one was helping them. Like, their partner was trying to help them back up. And at first I had the, like, I don't want to run in and help somebody who isn't asking for help. So... I'm just going to linger for a while. And then it became clear that these people probably need help. So I went over and asked if they wanted help and they were really 
grateful, like, yes, please. And then other people saw that they needed help and, and, and they and came over and, and we helped the person up and, and it was uh, a really nice moment. And part of the reason that I was not going to walk away in that moment is because I just saw that movie <laughs> about what about making better choices. Hmm. And it, it was just a, a great reconnection for me of like, I'm not patting myself on the back. I don't always do the right thing. But I think Marvel and Star Wars at its best, are they are morality tales and they are reminders of why don't we try to be the best versions of ourselves we can be, particularly in the face of trauma. And thinking all weekend and all week about this episode and about reconnecting with Star Wars, for me, it was just one of those like, yep, I get a lot of the criticisms. Uh, it's been too much. There's been too much repetition. But what are these What are these stories and why do we tell them? And it's to remind us to try to be the best versions of ourselves. So that was, for me, like a great life lesson and a great way to segue into talking about Star Wars again. Sounds absolutely wonderful. Yeah, I, I want to support this this movie. And yeah, there's been a lot of predictable discourse around it and people out there mm -hmm. who think they're a threat to film with some horrible takes I saw this weekend that are uh, just absolutely destructive. So it's nice to see everyone who's seen the movie that I know has been like, what fun, what fun. Mm -hmm. uh, it's uh, you know, a, a good component of a, of a fun Marvel film. Yeah, remember fun. Ooh. All right, with that, Shall we dive into our main topic, reconnecting with Star Wars? I'm a little nervous. Now it hit me. I'm a little nervous. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Do it. Well, that's kind of that's kind of the theme of our discussion is is honesty and and nervousness. You know, at long last the strike is over. Very short reminder of uh, why we did not uh, cover Star Wars during the SAG after strike. SAG after put out very clear guidance for people who are in the union and also have podcasts to please not promote struck work. One of the leverage tools that the union had over uh, the the uh, producers in the studios was, hey, we can't promote work and it affects work. Like, hey, the Marvels. Um, and so as an extension of that, there's like, please don't do podcasts about struck work. Clear guidance. Jennifer is in SAG-AFTRA. Ken is eligible. I have contracts out with SAG-AFTRA. I'd like to be a member in the future. So we decided we're going to follow those guidelines uh, not talk about Star Wars, not talk about other pop culture. So that was the why of it. The strike has been resolved tentatively. So uh, we can be back to celebrating Star Wars, which you're absolutely going to do. We are going to celebrate Star Wars this episode. Uh, but we also have to be honest about the time away. And the the metaphor that, that came to me is when you're in high school and everything's kind of the same, but you have a weird summer and maybe you come back goth <laughs> or you have a weird summer and maybe you have a new best friend that isn't, that wasn't your best friend of it's, it's like, I feel like coming back to high school mm -hmm. in, in, in a version of reality where we like high school and we're all a little changed over the summer because yeah. we went through some stuff, man. And we've always celebrated star Wars, but we've always been, honest too mm -hmm. so as much as i think we would all like to run in and just celebrate star wars we also got to be honest about what the strike uh how the strike affected us and our how our time away from star wars affected us um <laughs> again thought thoughts on that general perspective i think it was uh ninth grade into 10th grade i came back i was a jeans and town and country 
kid, little gorilla, <laughs> gorilla on my shirt, all that stuff. I didn't, I didn't uh, go in the ocean, but I had the shirts. And I, I came back in tenth grade, a preppy with long sleeve button shirts into tucked into my jeans with a, you know, and they were like a fancy black ass wash jean, and uh, slicked my hair back. And it was like, what happened to Ken over the summer? <laughs> Wow. <laughs> he went through some stuff. <laughs> Jennifer, did you have one year where you changed? I changed every year, as we've heard from my musical tastes yeah. and some of my experiences. I've I, and I still am changing. Last night, I was like, I want to look up librarian chic. How can I dress like a librarian? I don't know what I don't know. I'm yeah. a chameleon. <laughs> yes. Okay. Well, then, then you can relate to uh, what what we all went through this strike <laughs> summer. But we're going to start in the grand four center tradition. Uh, we're going to start with the positive. Uh, what did we miss about talking Star Wars? Ken, what did you miss? I I, I miss finding the positive. I miss I, 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 this. This is this is the big thing. Uh, it's the big thing. What we do. I I, I don't want to open up uh, the, the big Pandora's box yet, but. Um, I'll just say I, I did enjoy ah- Ahsoka too much, and, and and it wasn't a show that grabbed me, and and I was in my feelings about that. I was actually upset at myself about that, and and allow myself to maybe go too far down the negative path because there was things, and there's a ton of things in the show I can't wait to discuss and like and celebrate, and all that's there. But I had two moments that reminded me just this of, of this question, Joseph, of, of why we do this. Um, one, I was at, at the comedy store as a, as a map do a lot of times, just uh, hanging out on the patio. Uh, Mark Ellis was off stage. We're just kind of drinking in the corner, uh, as depressed comics do. And our buddy Mike Black shows up, and, and Mike Black, mm. for old school Four Center fans, was a regular in Data Bank Brawl, and just one of the best souls out there. I love Mike Black. And he came around the corner and he just saw me and Mark and we didn't even, we were like, Hey, Mikey. And he just goes, man, I love Ahsoka. We didn't ask him. It was just like, like, (laughs) that was just the way he said hello. And he goes, this is a show I've been waiting for. And, and it's, and it's got, uh, not that I don't like the other things, but it's got, it feels like Star Wars, the Star Wars I grew up with. It does feel like there's action figures on the table. And that's why I, I love Star Wars. And he just went, and I just, and I didn't even get a chance to be like, but yeah, yeah, but but what about you know? I didn't I get because that's that's where I've been in. I've been simmering in that negative soup for a while. So there's that. And another moment, I shout out uh, uh, a listener of the show, uh, Adam Knight, outlaw Adam Knight, author of the Overdrive series, pro wrestling friend of mine. I interviewed him on on my show, The Blathering, and we were talking off air. And again, he was catching a moment, and I was like, yeah, but uh, Filoni Durker, and I was getting in that. And he goes, yeah, you know, we were talking about. It. He goes, but man, my my ten year old daughter is a huge Ahsoka fan and she watches each week with a big smile on her face. And I, and I, and I was like, oh, that's right. That's right. <laughs> and, <laughs> and and that's why Force Center has existed for nine years and ch- changed over the years too. It isn't just about finding the positive. Um, there was someone on Twitter who uh, just outright accused us uh, and Joseph and I in particular being just, just positive. And that's not true. That's never been true. It's never been true. Uh, but we choose to go to the light uh, for a various large amount of various reasons. And this is some of it too. This I'm not just here to discuss my opinions. I'm here to, uh, as I say at parties, when someone says, oh, what's your podcast about? I go, hey, look, if you don't like the sequels, that's fine. We can discuss it, but I'm not going to allow you to take that away from a five-year-old girl dressed as, as Ray. You don't get to take that joy away. And that's part of what we're here. And I have missed that part. Um, and not being in a war for it, just being present for that positive side of Star Wars and finding what is there in these shows to connect with our lives and understanding that some of these shows and some of these stories connect with other people in a way it doesn't connect with you. I've missed that because without it, I got into a dark spot. Yeah. Mm. 
Very, very relatable. Jennifer, how, how about you? What have you missed about talking Star Wars? I think the the community, like what you're what you're saying, Ken, there is something about like, if I just watch it by myself, I'm going to watch it through a very particular lens. If I was able to watch Ahsoka with my daughter, I think I would have a whole different view of it. Um, I actually have not finished watching it. Uh, you know, and I, listen, I know people have said that we're too positive. This, this strike taught me I can, I can only be myself and we're going to dive into this uh, further. But I, I think the thing about the community is that it brings out the positive in me because mm-hmm. I, I have a tendency to be a little bit more critical when I'm watching things, I think if you're if you're an actor or you know you you make movies or you're a writer, you're going to view things from a very specific lens, and you might have a lot more notes than the everyday person, right? Mm-hmm. And and that can be good, and that can also be really bad because <laughs> and you're sitting there, I'm sitting there with my actor's hat on, going, "Well, this this doesn't feel true," or "Why did they cast this person?" or "I know why they cast this person." <laughs> you know what I mean? So I think. And I was just thinking about this the other day. When The Force Awakens, remember that teaser with Finn, that that epic teaser? Mm-hmm. I remember at that point in my life, I think I was pregnant with my daughter. And I was like, I- I'm so tired. I need a break from everything Star Wars. The fan community had been really, the discourse had been really angry. And I was mm-hmm. like, I don't want to deal with this. And then I saw that teaser. And mm-hmm. I was like, okay, I'm back in. Right. <laughs> so that's that's kind of what what I miss. I miss that like positive fan aspect. Cause it's easy to when you go on Twitter see a lot of the negative stuff. And mm-hmm. I sometimes get sucked into that. Um, so I just kind of had to totally remove myself from Star Wars this whole time. Past 118 yeah. days. Wow. Wow. You know that it, and we will talk much more about that. Um, but I think there's kind of a, a theme b- between what we're all feeling. Um I got frustrated with Ahsoka at the beginning and then really, really enjoyed the, the later episodes. And uh, we'll discuss that in, in depth. But I think uh, it has been a challenging time, definitely for the world. Lots of rough, rough stuff going on. Um, the, the writers and the actor strike affected my career. It affected people very close to me. Uh, my father-in-law passed away career stuff, age stuff. This was, uh, this is a hard time for lots of people. It was a hard summer for me. Um, and I still did Star Wars stuff and enjoyed Star Wars stuff. We're going to talk about that, but I realized how much talking about the bigger ideas, uh, helped ground me. Mm -hmm. And I had a couple like things that aren't that big of a deal that I just kept anger spiraling on. Um, like, and I've been trying to exercise. I'll be going for longer walks and I'll be going for a walk and be like, I'm, I'm going to think about this script problem I need to fix. And I was just like, have, you know, having those angry fights with, you know, imaginary people in my head, uh, and couldn't stop myself. And I realized why, why, why am I anger spiraling? Like, well, cause normally every week, two to three times a week, you talk about the path of the Jedi and about the better choice in the face of trauma. And I realized like this, this show is counseling for me mm-hmm. uh, to focus on those bigger issues. And, and to, and I think that's what we've always been. We've always had criticisms uh, and we always will, but sometimes it's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the, that pacing really bothered me, but what was the idea of the episode? And if I spend a couple hours talking about the idea of the episode, even if I have legitimate criticism of the way it was structured, 
if I'm focusing on the idea, it impacts me emotionally. Uh, and I really felt that this summer. Um, and I also just, I felt the, the disconnect from the community in terms of like just social media sharing the little things. Somebody uh, tweeted at me. I had no idea that they, that they had put out a uh, tops, you know, uh, I was going to say uh, uh, chewing gum cards, but <laughs> collector cards for the Kenobi show. I didn't know they existed. And somebody's like, you must have seen these. And I was like, I haven't. And I bought them and I spent some nights opening all of them and and putting them in order like I used to do when I was a kid. Mm -hmm. And I couldn't share that with anybody, you know, and I missed being able to tweet like, look at this absolute weirdo uh, <laughs> <laughs> the yeah, creature. There's a there's a creature that that looks like um the weird puppet monsters from the Quiznos subs commercial that basically destroyed the Quiznos. Oh, we yeah. got a pepper bar. Remember those freaks? Mm -hmm. There's, there's an alien in Kenobi that's got a card <laughs> that looks like that. We got a pepper bar. Like, and I couldn't tweet that. I couldn't share that. I just had to think it to myself <laughs> And that, that uh, absence of connection about the little things, the dumb things, the fun things. Mm -hmm. I really missed that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I love that. Yeah, there, there, yeah, there's a lot of truth in that, and uh, and we'll talk about more how, how it affects our relationship with stars. But just thinking of those, those, those times that we've come on on here, Joseph and and um, Jennifer. But uh, I just remember uh, Jen during your 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 time off. Uh, Joseph and I would have off air conversations in which I would show up and be like, "Didn't like that." And then by the time we got to the record button, it was like, oh, yeah, I don't care about the reasons I didn't like it. I cared about what was there for me. And mm -hmm. that, uh, that's something that, that, that that's it in a nutshell for me. So well said. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a challenge. So, um, Jennifer, I realize you took a break. So the, the, the answer to this next question might be nothing. Um, but what was <laughs> what was exciting to us in Star Wars world that we didn't get to share? Um, I was going on about the Kenobi card, but any, any news, any toys, clothes, specific episode, jokes, Star Wars history. Uh, uh, Ken, I'll start with you. Yeah. <laughs> Give uh, Jennifer some time to process. But what what was there? Some, was there something exciting where you like, I do love that and I'm bummed I can't talk about it, share it, etc. Uh, no, no. My answer is no as well. Uh, it's weird. Um, it, this wasn't planned. Uh, uh, when, when the strike, when the SAG strike hit, and that's the key uh, delineation, right? The WGA strike was going, but they, the, the, the guidelines weren't in place. They weren't asking for these kind of things. It became a little bit more powerful when, when SAG comes in and, and they're directly saying, don't do this stuff. So when that happened, I think there was a little bit of self-preservation. I was really bummed. Um, also, so also was bummed professionally. It, it, us mm -hmm. talking about these shows or movies is is good business for us. It's it's increased numbers, and this is what we do partially for a living. So I was really mm -hmm. nervous, scared, and all those kind of things, knowing we we were going to make the decision right for us. So I think I cocooned a little bit, um, and that contributed a little bit to what's going on. So I, my, sadly, my answer is no. I stopped reading the comics. I've stopped reading uh, any of the books. No comment on the books or the comics. I just stopped. And I had a moment, this this is, I know we're supposed to be positive, but this leads to, I think, uh, the second half of our conversation about how to get back to it, because I have to be honest where I am. There was a moment mm -hmm. after um, uh, episode three or four of Ahsoka that I just sat there emotionless and, and thought the series isn't connecting for me and it's probably not for me. 
And then I looked around and, and, and I realized I stopped reading the comics. I stopped reading the books. I d- didn't really enjoy Jedi Survivor. In fact, I deleted it from the PS5. Uh, I, I even got easily quickly bored of the Lego game that came out a couple years ago. Um, and then I realized we've been doing this for nine years, sometimes four times a week. And I just said to myself, I think you need to take a break or it's fractured forever. And that sounds dramatic, Mm -hmm. but I have fractured myself away from other things that I love. Uh, Simpsons, it's always sunny in Philadelphia, football, baseball, things that people be like, Oh, Ken, he's a New York Yankee fan. And all he talks about is baseball. I stopped. I, I have separated myself from things quite suddenly and I, I had this really weird fear that I think Star Wars is next. And it's probably not true. Um, but the, I, so I, I just completely shrank back. I haven't bought any toys. Nothing. Nothing. I, I'm not nothing. Um, and that's where I'm at. I am an empty bucket. <laughs> waiting. And that's going to lead. It's negative, but it's going to lead. It's negative for my, my existence, but it's going to lead to where I'm going and where we're going and how to reconnect. That's the title of this episode for a reason. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, uh, I'll, I'll go last because I have uh, m- more, sp- <laughs> uh, more more Star Wars. Uh, the Star stayed in my life a little bit more. But Jennifer, was there anything? Because for you also, I, it, it is the the uh, tsunami of new Star Wars, uh, but also so much of your love is the history and, mm-hmm. and the past of Star Wars. Was there anything there that you missed engaging with or? No, you know, the thing is, is that this, this strike, (laughs) this strike was like, I know it was hypothetical for, for a lot of people who are not in the industry. Like I've been an actor since I was well in SAG specifically, since I was like 23, 24 years old, it's a really Mm. freaking long time. I've been through a couple strikes, SAG strikes. And this one, it like literally, it broke me because I, I see where we're headed and, you know, thank Thank goodness there's a lot of gains that we got with this strike, but like I am on the side of workers and I see, I see how actors are really, people are like, oh, those multi-million dollars. No, like the middle-class actor, which is kind of what I used to be, it's, it's gone, gone. I cannot make a living from commercials anymore. Like, like my whole life has been totally upended. So mm-hmm. this has been an extremely painful time an emotional time and like quite frankly like our our other center episodes became like therapy for me <laughs> like i mean genuinely like what have i been doing with my life like what <laughs> i am this age you know i want to have healthcare like all these things and like and it also made me realize like how much how much time and energy i have dedicated to star wars because it has been my work I've worked for StarWars.com. I've, you know, worked with them doing other things here, like my content. And the reason why is because I love Star Wars. But in the strike made me feel, and of course, like people at Lucasfilm, whatever, like they, they have no say in this, but like mm-hmm. it made me feel like this thing that I have loved so much just like turned its back on me. Mm. And like, you know, I really used to, not almost say love, but like I really respected Bob Iger and just seeing this whole thing. I, it just made me like take a break and like, Oh, like I am Mm -hmm. my own person. I mean, I feel like I'm getting ahead of myself, but that's okay. That's okay. So it just, um, I did though. And I know that I'm on the path to healing (laughs) 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 because when I went to target, on I forget last week they had the Disney 100 and and I love Disney I've still been consuming all sorts of Disney shows with my kids they had all these products out and there was a Star Wars hoodie 
And there was a moment where I was like, I don't, I don't want to wear that. But then I felt it. And it's got a cool little design. And I love hoodies. And I'm like, I'm getting it. And I just felt like it was reconnecting <laughs> with that silly joy, right? Of just finding yeah. these things. And so I'm I'm coming back. I'm coming back. But this this has been bigger. I guess the point is that it's been bigger for me than just Star Wars. Star Wars is mm-hmm. just like one component of this entertainment industry that I have literally, I have thought and dedicated my whole life to. So I was four years old. Mm-hmm. And now I'm like, how am I going to have a healthy relationship with it and not let it, you know, um, I don't know what. <laughs> I, I I really appreciate the clarity of, of what you're saying. And, and for me, it's a lot about what I think we all want force centered to be is to still absolutely be about star Wars, but to, but to broaden it out. And, and everything you're saying is, I think, I think the, um, everything in the world, but certainly social media and podcasts and YouTube tells you to like brand, brand, brand. It's not enough that you're a Star Wars guy. You're a Clone Wars guy. Now you're a Tara Snube guy. Now defend your territory. Be the biggest Tara Snube guy. I'm like, we have so many instincts to box ourselves in and make ourselves more and more specific. Mm -hmm. And I think that's a lot of what all of us are feeling of Star Wars what is beautiful about Star Wars is it impacts all these other parts of our lives. Mm-hmm. So I think Jennifer, you being really honest about like, it, it's not just Star Wars is not, does not exist in a vacuum and your, your connection with Star Wars has affected your connection to acting, to the company of Disney, that that whole thing is all tied together mm-hmm. is really, really uh, important. And I think also uh, from all of us, I'm, I'm hearing uh, on this episode and our other center episodes, there's some age stuff for all of us too. That is age and life choices. And what what's going to be the first line in my obituary, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know, uh, mm-hmm. uh, I have my whole, I existed box of what do I want to create and leave behind? Um, anyway, um, here lies so Ken. What, he liked Dexter Jetster, <laughs> <laughs> but only, we ranked it, and he's about forty seventh in the world for the biggest Dexter. I, yeah. I, yeah. I, I love when I love when people love things, and I love when you find people who love your fellow specific weirdo. But the internet does direct us to be competitive about it, and to me, it's one of the things I must reject. Mm. Uh, you know, we, it's we should share loves. Like, <laughs> let's not rank Dexter Jester fans. Anyway, um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> There, there, uh, there was a weird. I want to tag a little bit. Sorry, I, I'm, I'm still a little. No, go for it. Right before the SAG strike hit, we we got to see you know Indiana Jones: Dial of Destiny. We did a break breakdown here. I, I love that film. I saw, mm-hmm. it, I saw my 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 airplane ride to New York. I watched it with no sound, and it's it, it almost brought me more joy. It's such a visual, uh, just a uh, uh, smorgasbord of fun, and and I love that film. And the the week that that came out, and and I, I got to see it, and we did our breakdown, and then and already that discourse was starting. There's just some that's part of that nine years thing, and uh, you know over the years when this started, we were all you know I was doing some other stuff. We'd we'd, we'd meet when we could, and and I, I want to choose my words carefully here, but that's stopped being what Force Center is for us. We don't work our nine to fives and then get together on a Thursday for a fun Star Wars show. And God bless those that do, because you should keep doing that. This is part mm-hmm. of our job. So that's where that exhaustion and a lot of what you're talking about, a lot of what you're talking about, Jen. I've been looking in the mirror because I have to going, who the bleep am I right now? Because I don't know how much longer all this can last. 
and when it's all taken, it, it was a weird perspective thing that we're going to build back to. But but some of it, what you're talking about, Joseph, too, I think it just it, more than just I always almost stupidly brag. I have all the Star Wars words muted on my Twitter page, whatever, whatever, Ken. But it's gone beyond that now where I just like my shoulders slump the moment an episode ends and all the choice take it away. And that, that was part of it too. And when that was removed for 118 plus days, where I just didn't engage with it at all, uh, it felt okay, right? And that's mm-hmm. where I'm at right mm-hmm. now. That felt okay. How do I integrate all of it going forward? Yeah, mm. yeah. The, it, well said. Forward integration is great. Um, I'll answer my own question quickly because mm. I want to. I want to keep on the the train we're on, but about the the parts of Star Wars that we didn't get to share. I think being removed from uh the need to immediately uh cover it um and and the negativity of you know there've been episodes of of Star Wars that I loved. I think Book of Boba Fett is is a it's a weird show, a messy show. I get why lots of people liked it. I love that show from from my own weird it. It, it's it's I weird it and wonky and I loved it and to immediately be bombarded. It's mm-hmm. it's not like I don't want to hear criticism. I, I think I'm good at critical analysis and I'd be happy to have somebody who with great media literacy have a critical discussion. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about fire hose of hate. So having a break from that of the bounce of, I loved it to you're wrong and you should hate it uh, was great. And it let me focus on the parts of star Wars that I was truly enjoying. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, keep it spoiler light, uh, since Jennifer hasn't uh, finished uh, uh, Ahsoka. <laughs> uh, do, do you do you mind? No, I don't care. I mean, okay. I think I, I've seen almost all the spoilers now, and I, I was like, eh. Well, I would they're, 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 they're online five minutes after the episode ends, so you've seen the episode. Yeah, the, yeah. exactly, exactly. Yeah, the, the the Anakin episode, oh, I, yeah. I loved with all my heart. It moved Ahsoka forward. We'll talk about it plenty, but it, it was the kind of thing that I love where a character who's existed uh, in the form of Vader since uh, I was, you know, a a tiny, tiny child and I was afraid he would be at the movie theater and he would get me (laughs) all these years later to have an episode that's an essay on all of the different versions of the character that have existed and how do, how do we piece them all together and and make it a cohesive character, which is what that episode was to me. Like Mm -hmm. that was powerful to me and I loved it and I wanted to discuss it and share. Mm -hmm. Um, the other thing was just like the fun ephemera of like the action figures. So many action figures came out uh, that I wanted to share. Uh, Count Dooku. Ken Plume got me a, an older uh, Point of Baba walrus band that comes with a freakish amount of limbs. Like, this is so funny to me and I want to mm-hmm. share it. Um, last year for Halloween, I got that spooky clone trooper with vampire Porg. And my whole plan had been, I'm going to open that next Halloween. Oops. And I, I'm not, I'm not opening it until I can fully enjoy it. Uh, at Descanso Gardens, there was a Grogu pumpkin. And <laughs> instead of any cute picture of Grogu, he was bleeping terrified. It's a carving of Grogu looking like he is making a mess in his little space diaper out of terror. And it cracked me up to make that choice about Grogu to have a terrified Grogu. So like, there's some moments of big things and there's all this little ephemera that I was sad not to share. But I was experiencing some of the same things that that uh, you both both were. So my next question was uh, how, how the time away affected our relationship to Star Wars. I feel like you both uh, dove into that, but I want to be sure to give you time and space to 
to discuss as much as you want. So, Ken, did you have more thoughts on how the time away affected your relationship to Star Wars? On the surface level, uh, and, and and I can't wait till we, we dive into Ahsoka because, uh, again, a, a lot of things in the show, I was like, yep, got it, love it. Uh, There's just some stuff I want to discuss on a, on, a, on a granular level, but um, not having the discussions, even with you, Joseph, off air, right? Uh, of uh, what did you feel? Um, the book of Boba Fett is my litmus test. It's a weird show. It's imperfect. It's far from perfect. Uh, it's got a lot of things that I can point to and go, not sure why that was there. Not sure what's going on with that one. Why are we acting like that? Why are we directing actors to deliver lines like that? Like there's a lot of things that every week I'd come out of the episodes with it, but there are those moments that I talk about it. And, and yes, you're right. We, we, we almost end up unintentionally marketing ourselves, right? Ken's an Aber- He's an apparatus guy. He likes Raddus <laughs> and we feed that. And, and, you know, and it's wonderful, by the way, when Tara Sanube shows up and people are tweeting you. That's it's wonderful. very nice. Yeah. yeah. There's nothing wrong with about it. I just don't want to get into a Tara Sanube uh, piss off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 And there's that too. But, um, you know, those two big moments in Book of Boba Fett, him with the Rancor and Danny Trejo's Rancor character, that moment. Uh, mm-hmm. and, and, uh, the, the, the moment, uh, with, uh, Blacker Santon and, uh, Garza Fwip when she's talking to him about change and the change in society, those are two powerful moments that have moved me beyond Star Wars because of what they mean for my life. And I'm sure there's moments like that in Ahsoka. I haven't found them yet. One of the reasons I haven't found them yet is because I did not take two hours to dig for them. And that is just the direct thing of the podcast having to change, but also removing stores from life. It's a very actual, literal moment sitting on my couch, looking at the books piled up that Grace is like, are you going to do some of these books? There's like 19, <laughs> what are, what's High Republic? It's why is it here? A stack of comics, over 100 comics sitting there that I haven't touched. Uh, the video game system that, <laughs> that I'm like, I don't play Jedi Survivor. And I literally, that's the moment I went, Oh, I, I, I got to, I got to protect, I got a turtle, but that's also how I, why I miss Star Wars, Star Wars being gone to the degree that it was. I don't get to come up with you and go, you know what, Joseph, I, I don't like a lot of Ahsoka. Ray Stevenson's beard is giving me life. Can we talk about it? Can we talk about <laughs> what I mean? You know, like I didn't, we didn't, with not having that, that's how it affected me. And now we can. We, I'd be happy to do an entire episode on Ray Stevenson and a second one just on his beard. Rest in peace. Uh, That's one of the greatest beards ever captured on screen. Beautiful. Beautiful. Mm-hmm. It's trembling with emotion, like mm-hmm. that David Tennant uh, gif. <laughs> uh, his beard trembled with emotion. Uh, Jennifer, did you have uh, more thoughts or more you wanted to share about how the time away affected your relationship to Star Wars? Just hearing you guys talk about Book of Boba Fett made me realize I loved Book of Boba Fett. And and it's I really did. And I think the reason why was because it was weird. And I love when Star Wars gets weird. But I also loved Andor because that was felt like something that we hadn't gotten before. Mm-hmm. Um, Diego Luna's performance. So, I mean, every actor in that show from the one-liners, right, the, co- the co-stars to the main cast was stellar. No notes. So I, I think that with Ahsoka, I'm sure I'll get into it. But I was just thinking right now, what am I looking forward to? A skeleton crew. Mm-hmm. Or skele- was it skeleton crew, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. The Acolyte. These are mm-hmm. shows that I have not even allowed myself to get excited about because, A, we haven't been talking about it. And there hasn't really been a lot of news around it. Or maybe there mm-hmm. has and I've just ignored it. But I, I feel like it's on the horizon I'm getting there. I'm just working through this personal stuff and wrestling with that. But I think Star Wars will be that that hope and that light that it's always been for me. Mm-hmm. It's just it's just off a little bit. 
<laughs> yeah, no, I, I hear you. Um, I think, uh, I think for me, the the time away from talking about Star Wars, um, I mentioned this on the podcast as it was happening, but taking the break allowed me to be uh, in, honest with myself about how much it was bothering me of uh, not the stories, not the storytellers, but the corporate um, insistence on shooting as much Star Wars at me as humanly possible <laughs> in the later part of 2022, in particular through the beginning of 2023. Um, and as always, I want to have respect for people who have different opinions. I've brought this up before of not liking having, um, you know, a uh, uh, Bad Batch and Mandalorian overlap. And other people have been like, I love it. I get to watch two shows. It, all the respect to you if you love it. It really bothers me. It really affects my enjoyment. I feel like art is best enjoyed when you have time to savor it. And we went from, uh, you know, Kenobi and Andor to then uh, Bad Batch season two, which was loving that then overlapped with Mandalorian that then overlapped to, uh, to with Star Wars Celebration and all the news that came out of Star Wars Celebration. And as soon as, uh, you know, the focus came off Star Wars Celebration, it was May the 4th and all of these, the new Young Jedi adventures. And uh, and, and then it's, it's also the 40th anniversary of Return of the Jedi. So do this, that, and the other to celebrate uh, Return of the Jedi. And books are piling up that I want to read and don't have the time for. And it again, it wasn't the quality of any individual story for me. It wasn't the fault of the storytellers. But it, we always talk about you know, George Lucas did not start a nonprofit in 1977. Mm -hmm. This is a product of a corporation mm -hmm. designed to make money. And then the storytellers create beautiful and moving art mm -hmm. out of that opportunity. Mm -hmm. I think I was feeling a, a, a giant mouse with a hose <laughs> mm -hmm. effect. Mm -hmm. uh, I think I was feeling the corporate uh, shovel of don't take any time to process just hype 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 who's your favorite character here's the new poster tweet about it to make sure everybody knows you like this person blah 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 that inability to take time as a is an individual to just truly digest and focus on the parts of star wars that i love was really affecting me it's, it's um, uhf and when i get the fire hose Yep. Yep. And, and I sometimes don't like that because I feel like people paint with a broad brush. And yep. if it's made by a large corporation, if it's made by Disney, it's meaningless CGI blah and a fire hose. And, and, and I don't always agree with those criticisms. Thanks. To me, it's about the rate and amount of stuff and 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 needing to, you know, share every time something, you know, like anyway. But point being for me, uh, I had. Uh, ups and downs with Ahsoka. I'm looking forward to really diving into it. There were, there were parts I was really frustrated by and there were parts that I absolutely loved and being able to just sit and absorb it myself. It was really good to just go, what do I love in Star Wars? And I'm only going to focus on that yeah. <laughs> uh, and, and take it, take a step back and let myself, you know, uh, 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 not be fire hosed. <laughs> Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah, if that makes sense. It totally but uh, I also feel like it's unique to us, right? To like the to the fans that do mm -hmm. consume everything. Because yeah. I talk with I don't want to say normies, but normies, <laughs> and they're like, 
oh, is there a new Star Wars show out? Yeah. Like they have no idea. So I know that that's the strategy behind it is that they're going to, you know, not everyone is going to consume everything, but there is a large fan base that does. And so it does feel overwhelming because I do want to get into the High Republic. But at this point, I'm like, oh my gosh, how am I going to do this? I, I need a Cliff Notes version or something to catch me up because mm -hmm. I want to be prepared before the Acolyte because I know not that we're going to need to watch know that stuff yeah. but it might be helpful right yeah. yeah i don't know yeah and i, I mean and I, and I think for me some of the as hoking we'll, we'll, we'll talk about this in, in in greater depth is and the star wars feeling is i like marvel too and there are all these other things i like and and there a lot of a lot of places are putting out as the discussion is going so many stories and like i want to savor these stories i don't want to race from one to the other and I feel like the with the sudden rush to streaming, mm. almost a, a lot of these streaming shows have existed in this nebulous structural space between a television show and uh, an expanded movie. Right. And it's done some things to the structure of storytelling, in my opinion. And, and as some of my reaction to Ahsoka wasn't about Ahsoka. It was about a frustration with the structure of streaming storytelling. Mm. Um so, so there's a recognition too that some of the things I'm I'm frustrated with with Star Wars are more just sort of the, uh, what what what's going on in storytelling right now. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I agree with that. So, uh, what can to you might be different in the way that you or we uh, talk about Star Wars going forward? I I don't even know if this makes sense. You would be the one to tell me, Joseph, because I I think I've done this before at times, uh, but I think I want to show my work a little bit more, meaning. Uh, there are there are very clear moments I can recall of 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 uh, the scooters. I, I we showed up on on, on the our, our, our microphones, <laughs> and you were like, "Hey, what do you think of the episode?" I was like, "I, I don't like them them scooters, them bright scooters." And by the time we got done done with the episode, I was like, "Yeah, oh God, actually, now that I think about it, and and it's not being convinced. It's not you pulling something out of me. It's just having a discussion about it that isn't on the surface. It isn't a, a, a right or wrong. You win this round of of film fights, ding ding ding, and 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 and, and, and taking time to process it a little bit more. And you still might come to yeah, you know, I don't like the scooters. I, I actually love the scooters. I don't like the chases, but you know, the shuttle was a little slow. Blah blah blah. Maybe I think I owe it a little bit more to folks to to show my work a little bit, and 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 if I still get off the 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 highway at the I don't like this particular part, I've got to be more okay with it than I maybe have had in the past. And it's never been, let me clean up this uh uh you know part for the, the pod racer for the podcast. Let me shine spit shine it so that everyone thinks I just love everything unilaterally. It's just been like this is what I do. Uh, so, so one of our, one, one, you know, I don't mean to bring it up, but one criticism tossed at us during this exchange I saw on a Saturday morning was uh, I, I, I wish Force Center would explain things that don't work more. And my answer to that is, well, we do what you think don't doesn't work. We show how it works. But that <laughs> doesn't mean I show up to the microphone with that answer. Sometimes I have to go again. Oh, this means that. Have you thought about this? Have you looked at it from this angle? What about this perspective? Oh, I have a different appreciation for that. That's how I get there. 
It isn't just showing up. The example I always give, right? You've been around me, Joseph. When like, people are like, what's Force Center about? We did two hours on Dexter Jetster, <laughs> Kenobi in the diner. Not just how we love this scene, not what it means, the warmth and nostalgia, friends, connection, but also it's one of George Lucas's key statements in the prequels in that scene. That was a 20-year journey. <laughs> That wasn't mm-hmm. me in 2002 going, you all love the themes George put in that diner scene? No, it was me going, the hell was that? And that was true then. And then what I feel about it now is also equally as true. Um, I think maybe that journey might be on display a little bit more for me. And, and I, I'll pre-apologize if it, if it makes some folks grumpy. <laughs> you know, there's the, Soka fell flat for me in a lot of ways, a lot of ways. But doesn't mean that that's where the journey ends. Yeah, no, I, I think I think that makes sense. And I think we've always uh, said things that we don't personally enjoy or said, mm-hmm. I, I, I try to say, you know, from a writerly perspective, when I have an opinion about something uh, structural or a motivation not being clear enough, mm-hmm. or maybe the plot and the character aren't aren't married the way that they should be, that um, I will say that. Uh, but what we've always wanted to do is is create a space where people can celebrate Star Wars. So if you if you love something, this is a safe place to hear people uh, not to, to not not bash it in an angry way. Mm-hmm. But that doesn't mean that we aren't going to criticize something as much as we also really celebrate something. Yeah. Um, so I think keeping that present of not like the <laughs> uh, now it's going to be four center dark side. Yeah. It's going to be flames, <laughs> and we're going to tell you everything that's wrong and bad. I think that for, to me, I want this to be a safe space for friendly discussion. And that does mean that sometimes I'm going to have a part of a show or a movie that I think could have been better or doesn't work. And I don't want to hurt the feelings or make feel bad. Anybody who that's their favorite part. And just, I, I want it to be a friendly, here's what we think. And, and I've had moments where I, I didn't really like something. And then uh, somebody has tweeted or made a, post a listener and I'll be like, Oh yeah. I hadn't thought about it from that perspective. Cool. That's great. And I want it to be a place that can, can be an exchange of ideas. That's what we mean by positive, not always positive about every choice made by the company or the storytellers, but positive in the way we discuss it. No one is going to be made fun of belittled. We're not going to make, you know, we're not going to be mean to an actor if we didn't like a choice, the writer made for the actor, uh, that kind of thing. And being very clear about what we mean by positive, that it's a safe place to discuss and a safe place to have different opinions. I think there's going to be parts of Ahsoka that worked for me that maybe didn't for you, Ken. And, Correct. It, and that's going to be fine. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and Jen, we'll get your take in here as, as well. But uh, yeah, I, I think it's also easy to, uh, especially the last four or five years, uh, that in the landscape that we're in, um, there are some at times clear battle lines on the shows that approach Star Wars in a certain way and those that don't and what dust they kick up. And I sometimes feel like I, uh, uh, you know, as Jon Snow would say in a cross reference, I, I want to fight for the side that fights for the living. And, and sometimes it's like, I, I, even I can get into, well, I'm on this side of the battle <laughs> because this podcast is on that side. And and that could be easy to misconstrue us as just good old four setter. They just 
Mikey likes it. Give him life cereal. And, I'll eat <laughs> uh, and I get offended. By it. I've gotten offended at parties and weddings when people have been like, well, you guys like anything. No, F you. No, I do not. Get me started on Thrawn. You want to go? Let's go Thrawn. <laughs> and, and it's just how we choose to say it has been the, the, uh, the approach to force center. Uh, so we're still mm-hmm. going to choose to say it to start what, but I love what you're saying, Joseph, of, you know, uh, the path there and the exchange of ideas will be broader than maybe it has in the last couple of years. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I think it's complicated because, um, you know, we go to these conventions, we go to sometimes media events, and we actually, <laughs> we see some of these people from these shows and these creators. So I personally, and also being an actor, I don't feel comfortable like slamming people. Um, mm-hmm. and, and my nature, what will happen is I hate confrontation. So I tend to err on the more positive because a, this is a freaking star Wars show. Mm-hmm. There are greater things in the world to worry about and get angry about. I'm going <laughs> to pick out the things that I like and highlight that. Right. Mm-hmm. Cause I know how many hours these people worked on, on the series. Mm-hmm. So that I feel a little conflicted, but at the same time, I also think it's helpful, like, and the reason why critics, I think, are important um, and why I like reading what they think about movies and TV shows is because they they hopefully will bring a nuanced approach and, and can point out the good and the bad and maybe also say why it didn't resonate with them. And so I n- want to do that going forward because I do have a tendency to be more Disney because I worked for Disney and not say anything bad. Um also, but I, I want to be more honest with, with how I feel, but also not be like Eeyore where I'm just, you know, down in the dumps. So I, I'm going to try and find a balance. Um, yes. Yes. Yeah. I think I, I have great faith in us that we can, cause I think we're all coming at it from the same place of we want to celebrate and we want to share what works. And what I love about it is we, we don't just go, I, I love the colorful speeders. <laughs> I will, I'll tell you why, uh, with great analysis. I like the speeders and I'll also just own that. Hey, art should be subjective. And I think that that can be what drags me down. I want to always make sure that, that we're celebrating that of, um, I think, you know, too, too often art is like, it's, it's like we're at a Roman Coliseum and it's, is, is the Marvels going to murder five nights at Freddy's? Who won the fight? And mm-hmm. let's talk about their technique. And it's all a battle. And like, what? Those are two different pieces of storytelling. What did they make you feel? There's not a right answer. Yeah. And and that's always going to be the challenge because I I do value critical analysis, which is what we do, which is make uh, an argument and then support it with evidence from the text. And then there's also just my opinion. It's utterly subjective. I. I think that Book of Boba Fett has many critical analysis structural problems. There are bonkers choices that I think are, I could criticize. That's in, in analysis, a critical analysis. And then the subjective truth is, I love that show. I like messy, weird stuff. I, I love the colorful scooters. Yeah. Because from an analytical perspective, but also from a just subjective perspective. And yeah. I think, you know, we've always tried to highlight that. We can keep uh, trying to highlight that going forward. Um, I think for me, another thing that, that, that might be different going forward with the, the whole show is we've gotten questions before uh, about what's your limit 
to your love of Star Wars. And I've always said that my limit to my love of Star Wars is that I have room to love other things. Mm -hmm. And I think that's part of the reason that everything coming out on top of each other and the sort of push to highlight, tweet, celebrate, it's this anniversary, it's that anniversary, it's this Mm -hmm. character poster, it's this book, it's this Funko Pop has been, I need room to love other things. It will make my love of Star Wars richer if I compare it to James Bond or to, hey, I went to a screening of Safety Last and it made me think about physical comedy and now it's relationship to to Jar Jar and I want to have more, as much time as possible to pursue my own creative things and thinking about my own creativity affects the way I think about Star Wars. So I think part of the reason that we absolutely want to continue talking about Star Wars, but we want to be able to talk about other pop culture and other center, just life itself, is because I will love Star Wars more if it is a part of the things that I love, if it's a part of who I am, a big part of who I am. But to be entirely honest that it it, it can't be all of who I am, you know, yeah. Uh, does that, how are you feeling about that? Yeah, Ken? no, that makes, even in other center, I mean, there's been amount of time, how many times have all three of us at one point been like, oh, it's just like in Swingers. I mean, oh, I can't, I can't mention that. But, um, <laughs> but in my own life, some of the great changes I've gone through in the last couple of years sprung out of how we discuss Star Wars. I'm talking big changes, political changes, uh, mm-hmm. social issue changes, uh, uh, breaks from friends, breaks from family members that have been hard. It's been part of this, what we've all been maybe struggling with the last couple of years. I cannot tell you how many times I've said in all sincerity, look, it's just like in Star Wars. And mm-hmm. you can laugh and snicker and this, that, but that's my argument uh, about all of this is no, this stuff does matter. Sometimes it's fun, throwaway stuff. Sometimes it's surface level, uh, but, but this stuff does matter. Your discussion uh, up top about the Marvels uh, and what it means and how it, it, it inspired you to help someone off the, the floor. At outside <laughs> that's what this does. Um, there was, uh, I'll maybe get into it later, but like, I I had a moment where I was a little during all this darkness and I'm, oh man, do I even like Star Wars anymore? All this kind of stuff. I thought about those two big episodes of Bad Batch season two, the ones that Mm. mostly mostly involve crosshair, uh, and these big moments, uh, uh, political, directly political moments, uh, 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 philosophical as well. And I was like, oh God, no, no, I, I absolutely still love Star Wars. I'm just a little disconnected right now from uh, and, and that that's going to be even str- more st- present in, in the other center conversations. You want you will talk about candy. It's just like Dexter said. <laughs> exactly. Uh, any, any other thoughts on what might be different uh, before we take a quick break? Uh, if we're going to cameras, I'm going to have to put on a clean shirt. Yep. I'm going to shower so much more. Oh, I'm revealing too much, too much, too much. All right. Uh, we got a recommendation, but I don't know what it is. Uh, I'll tell you what. Uh, I've got one. I've got a fourth in a You got it? Yeah. You want to get yourself back into Star Wars. Maybe you've put a lot of the books on the shelves because you just can't read them. Or you're like me. You want to read a story about how 9-11 destabilized America and led to Trump. And you haven't paid attention to Star Wars directly in a while. Here's a starting point. From a certain point of view, Return of the Jedi. That's right. 40 mm. years in the making. The book came out. Has a lot of wonderful stories with a, a lot of uh, great authors. Uh, and some other folks there as well who put some wonderful things together. I haven't had it's sitting there on that. It's sitting there on that bookshelf. Uh, so I'm going to read it. But you <laughs> might want to listen to it. And all you have to do is head on over to audibletrial.com slash center. Again, that's audibletrial.com slash center for your free audio book. All right. 
Joseph. I think with that, we're going to take a quick break and be back right after this. In the market for investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry, Rebag is the answer. Rebag is a luxury resale platform where each piece is carefully inspected by experts to ensure quality and authenticity. Use Rebag to buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Louis Vuitton, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com to get 5% off your first purchase with code REBAGNEW. Shop today at Rebag.com. That's R-E-B-A-G.com. And use promo code REBAGNEW for 5% off your first purchase. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Welcome back to Force Center. It's still Force Center presents other centers, but just not today. This is Force Center. All Star Wars. We're reconnecting with Star Wars. It's gotten, you know, in that other center fashion, Joseph. Uh, it's gotten a little deep, dark shadows, but also sunlight poking through. Yeah, absolutely. And in in my view, that is celebrating Star Wars because one of the things I love most about Star Wars is these aren't people with like really easy lives making <laughs> good choices. <laughs> 
the the Star Wars saga is about people facing horrific challenges and horrific temptations to darkness mm-hmm. and striving toward the light. Uh, and that is, uh, that's what we're going to do. Yeah. <laughs> we have been facing uh, a, a lot of the darkness, a lot of the truth, um, a lot of the just uh, uh, reconfiguring. Uh, but now we're going to look toward the future and toward reconnecting with Star Wars. So, uh, Ken, I thought of this because you, you mentioned that you had some concrete plans that you were making. Uh, what are you going to do to reconnect to Star Wars? They've even changed a little bit. So I, I'm going to start rewatching all of the films. Um, mm. That's another thing too that changed during the, the strike. For no other reason, I just, in that disconnection, I, I didn't even just have them on in the background, which was pretty common, you know, pretty common. Uh, I'd be doing some, some errands or, you know, working out or, and I would just have Phantom Menace on. I just have Revenge of Sith on, Solo on. Uh, I stopped all that too. So I'm going to, I'm going to go back. I'm going to go back to the beginning. But even before that, and I had talked to you about that off air, Joseph, I think what I need to do is do what so many of us fans love. Go to your YouTube and just watch all the trailers and you can get, Mm. uh, you can get all of them. You get the teases, all those things. Jen, you talked about that tease, that Force Awakens tease. This is one of my favorite hobbies to do is just watch all the Star Wars trailers and often it'll get me. Often the, the music, the cues, they're designed to get you from the trailers back in 80 with Harrison Ford doing the VO to, to any of the modern trail, trailers, which do sometimes have a bit of a template. But um, I think I'm going to start there. And then maybe, you know, some of those speeches that sometimes get released, super cuts. On the, I, might, I, might, I might take a, a dive through those things because they're very emotional and they cut through the core of, of all the BS that sometimes we can get lost in and just go to why you first discovered the franchise. Just BB-8 rolling in that Force yeah. Awakens trailer yeah. <laughs> is a great way. Uh, Jennifer, what are you going to do to reconnect to Star Wars? I just realized what time of year it is, and it's almost Life Day. Yeah. So I probably will will watch that. I think I'm just going to enjoy it on my own. I may not share anything online about it. I'm just going to kind of find my way back organically. I actually found a Nubs plush that I had bought months ago before the strike mm. and i was gonna do like a review of it because it was like 35 dollars, which in my opinion is really expensive for a plush and i found nubs in the corner of my closet <laughs> and i was like i don't think i'm gonna do a review but i guess my kids can now play with nubs like they were begging me no i was like no i have to do a review of this toy mm. so Bringing nubs out. Nubs is out. Bring out the nubs. Yep. <laughs> nubs is up. Yeah, I got. Mm. I have a little nubs action figure. Has been staring at me this this whole time. Mm. Um, yeah, I think uh, for myself, um, I, I I have been enjoying uh, a lot of Kenobi. I've got a lot of Kenobi action figures. I've been enjoying those Kenobi cards, so I, I feel connected to K- Kenobi. Uh, but my wife brought up that she specifically wanted to do like a binge rewatch of Kenobi. Um, and, and I think it's been nice to get away from the, you know, did it work? What was it? Uh, the budget, the blah, 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 all that. And just be like, uh, that's my favorite character performed by one of my favorite living actors. I love that. And really just letting myself drift toward what I, what I love. Um, I started reading the, uh, the first book in phase two of the high Republic. I've got the first book of phase three. Um, it was really nice to discover. I don't know that we're always going to have time to do book reviews because they take an incredible amount of time to, to try to stay up with the books. It's probably the most prep work I do 
on any episode. And because it's books, they're not our most popular episodes. <laughs> and it, and so, yeah. <laughs> numbers. New. It's like Homer jumping off the cliff. It, I mean, <laughs> it really is like, who wants to talk about Star Wars movies and television? Yeah. <laughs> and then like, who wants to talk about Star Wars books? And like three weirdos in the back going, yeah, real loud. Um, it's just, it's just numbers. It's just reality. Um, it, and we'd been struggling to stay up with them. Yeah. It was great to look at all those mm. High Republic Phase 2 books and just realize, even if we never talk about them on the show, uh, even if I never bring up a character for them, I want to read them. And I'm going to read them for myself. And, you know, if it comes up on the show, great. But to read them for myself, not for coverage, and not for any um, keeping my Star Wars cred. Yeah. <laughs> uh, right. Because I think that's a thing that we can all be sort of uh, uh, pushed to. I think it was it was powerful for me this this summer. The the short film uh, that I worked on, The Nightmare Adorable. It, it's about cosmic horror, but it has an element of the uh, a, a character being plagued by the fear of if I get one detail wrong, people will say I'm not a real fan and they'll take my love away from me, hmm. which, of course, we all control our own love. We get to decide. But I think I have fallen victim sometimes to that. Like, well, if I mentioned somebody should have this kind of lightsaber and I get 18 tweets saying, like, actually, there is that lightsaber in High Republic, you know, I don't want to read the books to make sure I don't get, you know, uh, mean tweets. I want to read them because I want to read them. And it was such a delight to look over my bookcase and just go like, I want to know those stories because I like disappearing into these weird worlds these weird detailed book worlds so i'm looking forward to reading <laughs> look, look yeah no one no one all the little details of star wars is part of the fun of star wars i, I get it we've competed in, in trivia contests over that but that even kind of drew, drove me drove me away from it even more i remember there's a, that, that lightsaber when you talk about where people were like well that you, you got to read that high republic book and i wanted to tweet back don't care so and most people were most people were very very nice about it about that one in particular uh but but there's always that I, I have I'm very lucky to have a joke uh, that has gone extremely viral on Instagram. I saw that. Uh, That's crazy. A joke about daylight savings. It just crossed 100,000 likes. But there are four responses that people have to that, which I've now heard hundreds and hundreds of times. <laughs> and it's, you know, it, people still have even though we've had social media for a, lack, a, a long time now, people have a real lack of uh, connecting that you're talking to a person. Mm -hmm. um, so even like in this example with High Republic, I think it was that somebody has a shield. Um, people, nobody yeah. was mean about the way yeah. they shared the information. Yeah. It's me. that Taylor, yes. Taylor problems. Taylor Swift, it's me. I'm the problem. Yes. I get protective of myself. If I don't want to say something that's quote unquote wrong and feel vulnerable that people are gonna be jerks mm -hmm. and people are being jerks to me i'm deleting like 20 comments a day on instagram mm -hmm. because people are being extremely mean about a joke <laughs> about the change from daylight saving to standard time <laughs> oh, yeah. I, yeah i saw some of them being like well my i bought a new stove good for you good for you great yeah, it's, it's a joke about a, 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 this time on my stove not changing. And it, th this was fascinating to realize that uh, that that's an uh, American thing. Because a lot of people are like, the hell are you talking about? Stoves no. don't have clocks. <laughs> like, oh. 
<laughs> well, anyway, uh, well, get I away guess. from yeah, <laughs> get away from Stove Center and back to reconnecting with Star Wars. Um, so we've often been asked by by listeners and, and friends what our Star Wars touchstones are of even when we're overwhelmed by maybe too many stories to cover or we're turned off by the negativity of, of people uh, fighting and disagreeing over it, what part of the Star Wars story or community do we turn to to keep the flame alive? Uh, we've answered this question before, but it's been more theoretical. And now that question is real. <laughs> now mm. it's what we need is to turn to our sort of uh, Star Wars pilot lights of how we keep our fandom ignited mm. so mm. ken what are your your touchstones what are your star wars pilot lights uh man you talk about stoves again this is great um i know you know, I'm, I'm just obsessed with stoves now yeah. i'm a stove guy I guess what happened i'm, I'm in fact on, on this past time change in our stove the time works but we can't change it anymore so we're probably oh. an hour ahead which both both Grace and are going crazy <laughs> we're going crazy. Right? <laughs> i'm plugging it doesn't help nothing it just stopped anyways uh the touchstones you know we're blessed with the force center community and and uh very robust Discord community, and and even when sometimes there can be some, you know, poking back and forth. I've seen some debates spring up. Uh, it always comes back to positive stuff. So I'll, I'll, I've been in there, but I'll, I'll go back to that more. But I think outside of that, outside of just, you know, what what are the what are the stories? What are the films that I go to? Uh, the, the the trailers are, are, are going to be key. Mm-hmm. But yeah, you, know, you know, that's Solo and, and, and Rise of Skywalker have become these these little, little pockets of joy for me where I, I don't care about, I don't care what you thought about Lord Mill. I don't care about it. I care about what this does to me. I don't, I don't care that all your theories that JJ just went to Reddit and wrote the story based on that. It's none of that's true. What's true <laughs> is this movie moved me as a lifelong fan and it provided moments of inspiration, provided moments of hope and provided, provided moments of tears. I, I, I got to get back to those and I will get back to those. I'm going to start there start with that kind of stuff. And also behind the scenes stuff, right? Uh, mm-hmm. Watching a doc, watching Empire Dreams, watching the director and the Jedi, watching the the documentary, but also kind of the retrospective be, that came out with Rise of Skywalker. God, that stuff really works. It really pulls you in. Um, uh, you know, little YouTube videos. I, I, I've talked in the past, I've, I've gone to the tribute that came out in 2017 post uh, Carrie Fisher's passing that um, mm. released. And, and when Billy Lord came out and spoke about her mother and, that trailer, that music, and it's got Rebel Rebel, then it goes into the, Le- or Leia theme goes to the Rebel Rebel. Oh, that moves me because it is, it's about Carrie, it's about Princess Leia, it's about the legacy, and it's about the next generation. All the things I think that encompass what we talk about here, uh, the past, the present, and the future. So so I, I'll go to those kind of touchstones. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that's really great. How about you, Jennifer? I think the key for me is to really disengage from anything online because the algorithm tends to put up, you know, push up the hottest takes, the angriest takes. I'm now seeing this YouTuber who I will not name, but I'm like, I don't want to see this guy's stuff. He's just trying to bait us. And I don't like feeling emotionally manipulated by people. Mm-hmm. So what I find actually is the best way to reconnect is when I go in person, whether it's Star mm-hmm. Wars Celebration or Comic-Con, which I did not do, or if there happens to be a Star Wars event where they're doing a, you know, doing the re-release of the movie, being amongst fellow fans in person, it gives me that energy and the reason why I love Star Wars. It, it feels nostalgic. It, it makes me feel like I'm with a bunch of like-minded people. And when you're in person and you're disagreeing about something, it's totally different than online, how people suddenly 
can become monsters and forget, like you were saying, that there's a human on the other side of, of their screen. And so, yeah, if there if there were any in-person Star Wars events, I think that that would really help me. Mm. Yeah, no, that makes sense because uh, so much of what you have done in the Star Wars community is so much about connecting and fun. Mm-hmm. Of here are costumes we can make. Here's crafts that we can make. It is it is so activity and connection based mm-hmm. that that makes a ton of sense. Mm-hmm. Um, for me, I think um, when uh, when when the strike was going on and there's darker times, and I was happy to not have to get in the middle of discourse and all that. Um, I I had those moments of like I got I got to take a chance to reassess and then it, it was natural for me to be drawn to the things that still mean something uh to me and like always will and are sort of like no amount of negativity can yeah, crush yeah. it and one of them was Kenobi like I you know I was, I was feeling real negative today but that uh, Kenobi versus Vader two pack came up for pre order and I I got three of them because <laughs> they're in a larger package then they're in your individual packages yeah and then I want to unpackage them so I have three levels uh and like wow okay so this is fine i still love star wars <laughs> i bought three of the same action figure uh you know on a on a pre-order um i think for me uh no amount of stress or negativity is ever going to impact uh, a love of lightsabers mm-hmm. because it functions on so many levels of it's the just bonkers pulp fun it is the childhood connection that I will always have to what they meant to me when I was a kid. Uh, and they have, as we've discussed, the uh, more uh, mature ideas behind them of a symbol of power and choice. And uh, I found myself really gravitating to just those elements of Star Wars that will always be meaningful to me no matter what. If 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 the whole world turned against Star Wars, Disney stopped producing it, the, the the quickest way to lose losing you, you know your podcast was even to say the word Star Wars. Mm-hmm. This is the stuff I would still love. Yeah, it was really good for me to connect to that. And you said something too that was really powerful for me, Ken, of the um, older Star Wars stuff. Even when I was sort of like frustrated about what's the future of it, mm-hmm. how does it fit into streaming? Did, did the movie are, the the future of the movies still feels rocky? Um, older Star Wars, the the history of how it was made, the sort of cultural anthropology of how it how it changed society. Mm-hmm. That stuff was just as like electrifying and exciting to me as as always mm-hmm. it, during during dark times. Mm-hmm. Um, and the final one for me that uh, this is not going to be a forever touchstone of like when I'm having a hard time with Star Wars, what do I turn to? But it was something that was great during some of the dark times. Uh, our our friend of the show Ken Plume. Uh, kept sending me various chopper memes <laughs> <laughs> about uh, uh chopper being in a war criminal i think that's not a thing to joke about in real life but in the context of a fantasy droid it is pretty funny <laughs> and there's there were some some great memes of chopper saying awful things and then you know snoop dog yeah <laughs> kicking in yeah. and uh that was a source of of great joy during the dark times yeah indeed indeed yeah uh, I also, in the spirit of Other Center and Star Wars being impacted by the other things we love, what non-Star Wars pop culture was it most frustrating not to talk about? Uh, the first thing on my list, Ken, you already brought up, uh, so I think both of us feel strongly about it was 
frustrating to not talk about Barbie. Yeah. Uh, do you have more to say about Barbie or have, what other things were frustrating to not be able to talk about? It's like three hours to say about Barbie. I, I can't explain how, how moved I was. I, I was, I was like, like hands shaking kind of thing. I, I'm not being mm-hmm. dramatic here. I, I absolutely, um, 15 minutes of that movie. Um, there's a, 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 a like a bus bench scene. A lot of people know. And Jen, you haven't seen it. Mm-hmm. I just started bawling. Um, cause I think I got one of the big themes they were going for right then, or at least I connected with something in the film right then about life beyond just toys and some of the big social mm-hmm. issues and culture war stuff that's around the film. It, it was, a, it was about that stuff. It was so much more. Um, and look, I'm Ken to finally have a song about I'm Ken. Off. <laughs> I, I, I needed to hear that. Uh, so there was that. And, and then when, and then when some of the, the wars emerged predictably about the film, it was just seeing, man, no, I'm not even angry at you. I'm sad. That you think mm-hmm. the movie doesn't depict men in a good way. It depicts so many great men, but just says, hey, like you said, <laughs> Joseph, here's a better path. Or here's how your own behavior hurts you. And it shouldn't just be about you. It's about the women in this film and the, uh, the other uh, characters in this film. But but it, it's we're all suffering because of this and this oppressive thumb, mm-hmm. this patriarchy thumb that we've all lived under. Don't you see? And I, I think I was moved by that. Uh, we got in the car. We saw the AMC Burbank. Number one choice for Christopher Nolan, I heard, on theaters to watch. Uh, we got in our car, and I turned to her, and I said, I I think I want you to paint my nails. I want to do something fantastic. <laughs> I want to go, girls. Let's do it. And and I, I just, I, I I was so moved by it, and I can't wait to talk about that. There's some documentaries I want to talk about. I'd love to talk about Indiana Jones some more, all that stuff. But that movie, mm-hmm. I even, I posted about it. it I was being... As, as vague as I could, but not vague. I was being direct. I just couldn't not say anything. I, I, I removed the, the brand and the name and all that stuff. I was just so, so moved by that film. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I'm right there with you. I, there, it was so refreshing because it was so incredibly thoughtful, handling complex, difficult topics. Yeah. And also just absolutely hilarious throughout mm-hmm. um and and just made some brilliant choices about uh the level of realism mm-hmm. uh in the in the barbie world and the real world all that stuff and then like complex difficult to talk about issues of obviously it, it's uh, it, it's about the phenomenon of barbie it is directed by a, a woman uh but there was such in in my opinion grace and kindness to the damage that men uh, do to themselves or allow society to do to them. And I just felt, uh, I don't want, it's again, it's directed by a woman. It's about Barbie. I don't want to make it about, (laughs) about the men or about me. I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. I, I was like, Thank you for seeing me, Barbie. <laughs> yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So it, it's an amazing accomplishment. Um, and, and I uh, can't wait for Jennifer to see it so we can get uh, get your take, too. Uh, no uh, rush. Yeah. I have a totally different reaction to, to it because I didn't see it. And I think if I had seen it, I would have been right on board with you guys. But what I did see was a lot of memes uh, because this was during the time of Taylor Swift's concert tour, her era's mm. tour. So I am 
but also Beyonce's. Uh And I saw a lot of memes with Barbie, Margot Robbie, and Taylor Swift side by side saying, these women saved America's economy. And I was like, you're forgetting Beyonce. And it really, it was very triggering to me Mm -hmm. uh, Mm -hmm. for a variety of reasons currently and also from my past of, of, I grew up and I only had blonde Barbies. Mm. I hated myself because I only had blonde Barbies. I thought I was a hideous monster. And that was what was considered the standard of beauty. Now, I know this movie, I'm sure... It's going to tackle a lot of these things, but I do have a little bit of a resistance coming to the movie that I know if I see the movie, I'll overcome it. And I know I'm going to love it and I'm going to be team Barbie. My kids have so many Barbies, but now (laughs) there's so many different types of Barbies. The Barbies come in different, not only different shades, different hairstyles, different uh, uh, body types. And it's amazing. My girls watch the Barbie shows, the Barbie movies on Netflix, and they're really, really funny and smart. I know some of the actors that are in the show. So I I bring with this my own baggage. It was just that meme that got passed around Mm -hmm, where I was mm -hmm, like, oh mm -hmm. my gosh, (laughs) oh my gosh. But again, if I'd had that connection with seeing the movie and knowing everything that goes on, I don't think I would have felt so like, hate to say it, triggered. (laughs) Yeah, no, (laughs) I, I, I think that's totally valid. And I think, you know, I can't wait to hear your take whenever you cho- choose to see the movie. I'm not. not yeah, I'm going to see it soon. I'm going to see it. Not soon. rushing you I for, a, for a hot take, but you know, I think one of the really fascinating things about the film is that it starts from a perspective of uh, we know everybody's got a different relationship with this mm-hmm. in a mm-hmm. in a visceral one, mm-hmm. um, and and you know your mileage is totally going to vary about where it goes from there, but I think it's one of the successes of the film that it really starts from the perspective of like. Uh, welcome to the film, A Can of Bleeping Worms. We <laughs> right. know, we right. know, we, get it. we yeah, know yeah, what yeah. we're opening, you know? Yeah. And that, yeah. I think that's one of its great successes. Yeah. Yeah. And I love Greta Gerwig and I love, I mean, the cast is exceptional yeah. and I, it's going to be fun. I know I'm going to love it, but this is where I turn, you know, from, uh, from being like the happy cheerleader to suddenly being the goth kid in the corner, <laughs> right? Sitting mm-hmm. there making fun of the cheerleaders. That's kind of how I feel like right now. Yes. So I got to, I got to, well, know, maybe that's, that. yeah, maybe that's how we just should discuss the whole show going forward is we're going to have some cheerleader moments, but we're going to have some goth, goth moments too. Uh, no, I think, yeah, not only, I, I, yeah, echo what Joseph said, but uh, yeah, I wouldn't call that baggage yet. I'd call it a, a real lived-in experience and perspective mm-hmm. that you have there. Yeah, uh, it's not something you bring yeah. into a film. That's something that you have to, uh, uh, you know, unpack almost daily in life. So yeah, no, yeah, don't, don't, don't hold yourself up yeah. to that. No, that's 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 a tough one. Other thing next for me. week, I'm like, oh my gosh, you guys, I love Barbie. <laughs> I'm like wearing all pink. I'm sure I'm gonna love it. It I'm could sure happen. Could, yeah, you're gonna have nothing but Barbie Star Wars uh, mashup T-shirts. Yeah, I love the Dua Lipa song. I've been listening to it. Oh yeah, it's a lot oh, of fun. Oh, that moment. Anyway, that's from the trailer. But anyway, the anyway the dancing and then the line. Uh, we'll talk about it more later. Uh, I wanted to mention uh, briefly um, the other thing that was hard for me to not talk about is uh, the. I did, I did a deeper dive on a lot of the universal monsters, which I've been a, a fan mm-hmm. of since I was a kid. In, in this library, there are these uh, uh, books. They're orange and black that like covered all of the, the universal monsters. So I read about them long before I saw the movies. So they lived in my imagination. And I saw the movies, and I, and, and I liked uh, them some more than others. 
Uh, but I did a deep dive and I watched a ton of the Dracula films. I watched all of the Creature from the Black Lagoon films. And it was really, um, it was really moving to me how much all of those original universal monsters function entirely on people feeling othered mm-hmm. and excluded um, from 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 creatures like the Gillman from the Creature from the Black Lagoon series to Frankenstein's monster being like, mm. we didn't ask for any of this. We're just different. Right. <laughs> and and people kind of hate that we exist and kind of won't let us to, to Dracula being definitely a villain and definitely monstrous, but also can be read in lots of different lenses of people who have been othered for living a different way or for acknowledging the darkness that is we are all part cheerleader and part goth. And there's so much of a society that tells us to be all cheerleader all the time. Don't ever express any negativity. Don't be honest about a dark thought. And that is a form of sort of um, uh, 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 expressing the other of like, I'm not going to do this, but let's be honest that sometimes we think about these dark things. So it, it was, I got a bunch of action figures. I wanted to share my dumb action figures. And I was really moved by the power of so much of early horror being about the other and how powerful and needed it was and how coded it was Mm -hmm. and how many different people who were suffering could see themselves in those monsters. And for me going through a dark time, having a dark time connecting with like, this is, this is probably why I was fascinated with these monsters when I just read about them in books because they're for anybody who's ever felt like an outsider. So that was really moving. And I hope to be able to discuss that more. Oh, that's wonderful. I, lo- I love that. Absolutely. All right. We uh, are going to end on a, uh, hopefully a uh, 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 fun question here, which is which Star Wars character would have vehemently supported the strike and which Star Wars character would claim they supported the strike while continuing to post about struck work all the time. <laughs> uh, so, Ken, which Star Wars character do you think would have absolutely supported the strike? In in which would have been like, yeah, I support the strike, but here's my uh, essay on Barbie, which I'm not supposed to be doing right now. I feel as though we we might all three have the same answers here. Uh, yeah. I immediately yeah. go to Mon Mothma would support, while Perrin would be going to fan events that are really press oh. events. Um, while also <laughs> yeah, 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 I support, I support. Oh, don't get too serious about this, Mon. Uh, that's my first choice. I have some backups, but that's where I went first. That's great. That's great. Um, for for just straight up supporting the strike, Leia and Padme are always just great pictures of leaders with conviction who are able to make unpopular choices. I love how much uh, books about them have been able to just dive into their personal experiences and the sacrifices they make in order to do what is right. Uh, but I thought, like, you know, we, most of the Jedi are going to do it. You know, Mace is going to be probably kind of aggressive about yeah, it. Yeah. Uh, but the one that entertained me the most imagining on the actual strike line is Yoda, <laughs> uh, because I like the idea of Yoda being a leader, being very calm and peaceful with his little sign, maybe levitating it so people could see it <laughs> uh, above him. But I, I loved the thought of Yoda starting chants about, you know, what do we want and when do we want it, but doing it like now want what we do. Like, <laughs> we're, we're trying to chant along Yoda, no <laughs> but we're getting lost. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, Jennifer, for you, uh, which character do you think would have supported the strike? 
I mean, all all of our heroes, right? All the rebels, all the Jedi, Jyn Erso, Cassian Andor, of course, Mon Mothma, Marva. Oh, you know, Marva would be in the mm, front line. That'd yeah. be awesome. Uh, Finn, Poe, Rey, Holdo, like you name it, right? All of them. But then I was thinking about who who would try and like like weasel their way, and I'm like, of course, Han and Lan- Han and Lando would <laughs> would like kind of. But then here's the great thing: they may do that initially, and then they'll come around. And yeah, maybe yeah. somebody will talk with them, and be like, "Hey guys, hey guys, you got to be on the side of the workers, not mm-hmm. not not the mm-hmm. Empire." And they'd be like, "Okay, all right, all right, we'll come around. We'll join the cause." Yeah, and they'd be on the picket lines at Disney. Yeah, I I agree with that. I think uh, I think like Han <laughs> would be the one with who's like uh, walking around with a like a Star Trek shirt, going like, "What?" <laughs> yeah, that's the problem. And like Leia and Luke are pulling him aside, like Han. It's like, but Star Trek's old, and like I thought it was like no Han Han <laughs> struck work. <laughs> uh, that's great. I, Ken, uh, for you, who do you think would be the uh, the strike weasel? Who, uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, outside of Parrot, I was going to say uh, Logray. I say Wicket would be in support, and then Logray would be against Sidious. Um, I, but in, in line with what you're saying, Jen, I think I think the journey of Cassian Andor would have been in the beginning. He would have been like, yeah, 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 it seems good. Support the strike, whatever. I, I don't really care. It doesn't affect me. Uh, and then along the way, he'd end up on the picket line. So it would be this journey that's where i go Mm. someone like him uh you know uh, otherwise you know i think uh masamita would would still be just like guys did you see tweeting out stuff i got a new shirt (laughs) (laughs) absolutely uh yeah the the i agree with all those in the character that when i just sort of uh pictured uh somebody saying with their whole chest i support it and then doing lots of little weird things that make it seem like but but are you um the major domo from book of boba fett oh my god yes (laughs) yes uh which you know we didn't confer ahead of time i didn't realize that what we all needed to reconnect with star wars is to celebrate the book of boba fett but apparently yeah (laughs) apparently. uh, all three of us uh, love that weird strange bit of mm-hmm. of Star Wars. Uh Ken, any final thoughts on reconnecting <laughs> with Star Wars? Uh no, I'm excited to do that and and I you know, I I was no nervous today uh, because I know there's a lot of people were so thankful that people are excited for us to return and um th- this choice to to stand out for or stand off the sidelines for 118 days plus wasn't easy but also was an easy choice and and we don't deserve any extra credit for that it was just part of what we needed to do but also i think it coincided with three real tough uh all three of us going through a real tough part of our life for various reasons and i think it showed on other center at times and i mean that in a good way trying to work through things but i'm glad to be back so i i hope this wasn't too like oh crap the the fireworks uh, vendor didn't go off and all three of them are <laughs> racing into 19 hours of ahsoka coverage uh th- there's some stuff happened this 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 affected us the 118 days but it's good to be back and that's the important thing yeah any any final thoughts uh from you jennifer I think that this time away has been really helpful for me personally. It may have hurt professionally, but I think I'm coming out on the other side of it now. And just this episode alone really has brought back some of my joy, Mm -hmm. things I'm looking forward to with Star Wars. That's why I love Force Center so much is because every week you guys would remind me about the joy, the fun, the good things that sometimes like, you know, it gets clouded by whatever personal things are happening in my life. And I think I, 
I kind of want to pat ourselves on the back a little bit because, <laughs> you know, it's hard. It's hard to stand, to take this stand. And we we did the right thing, obviously, because, you know, I'm in SAG and we're all affiliated in some way. But we we stood with workers and that that is really why I love Star Wars is they do the things that are right even when it's most difficult and um and sometimes people pay a price but i'm i'm really proud of us and thank you all for listening and for joining us on this journey because it's yeah. been a journey let me tell you it's been a journey yeah yeah <laughs> and, and for myself i think this episode was was uh scary uh, mm-hmm. st- starting the strike was scary but it felt like absolutely the right thing to do i felt like i could not and i know you both felt this way too i could not be on a podcast talking about this incredibly difficult decision that Ahsoka made while we were not making an, a difficult decision. So it, it that was scary. This episode is almost more scary because I really value that this is a, a place for people to celebrate Star Wars. But I think what has been successful about this show and about our interactions with listeners and in the community has been honesty we have we've never said we like something we don't we've celebrated what what we like but we have never uh, been anything less than honest and i think the honesty is what was needed it, it, it we couldn't have been like yep the, uh, there were no there were no problems yeah, <laughs> let's get back into it, right? Um, Every so day I, think- I woke up and I prayed to George Lucas and I watched a new hope. No, <laughs> no, and I mean, I and, and uh, I and I I did uh, I did all from for Ahsoka. I did all my rituals. Mm-hmm. I uh, I got out my action figures and I poured my drink in the first episode. I took a picture of it and I sent it to you guys. Yeah, you did, yeah. uh, and not having that connection to community did make it way more difficult uh, mm-hmm. for me of not, you know, not, not posting that and then getting other people's action figure picture back made me feel like I'm at this party alone. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, and I think being honest about how all of that break uh, affected us was absolutely necessary so that we can connect honestly as we begin to to celebrate Star Wars, discuss Star Wars, leave room for lots of different opinions, and make sure that we always discuss Star Wars in a kind and positive way. Yeah. Indeed. Indeed. All right. Ken, want to let people know where they can find yeah, us? Yeah, and I, should we do a quick up? I didn't think about this. Uh, next week, we're doing a news catch-up, and then the week after, yes. we're doing Ahsoka, taking a deep dive overview. I know we put a promo out there, but we want to maybe address it here. Yeah, yeah. So uh, also, uh, the second the strike ended and put out some some tweets celebrating mm-hmm. it, people very kindly said, like, uh, you know, 19-hour uh, Ahsoka podcast when? Uh, we hear and absolutely appreciate that enthusiasm. I want a chance to sit down and rewatch it. I, I wrote some notes as it was going, but I want to rewatch it. I want to give Ken and Jennifer plenty of time uh, to engage with it. So that's why we're waiting mm-hmm. uh, a couple of weeks. Jennifer is also uh, taking next week off. So uh, that's why we're waiting a little bit for the Ahsoka coverage. Yeah. Uh, but there will be plenty to discuss. One of the one of the episodes, it ended and I was alone in my home and I said out loud, <laughs> there are seven individual things in that one episode that we would normally do a two-hour podcast mm-hmm. about. Like, oh. That one, you know, 40-minute episode was 14 hours of talking normally. <laughs> and now I guess I'll just 
go outside and stare into the middle distance. Uh, so there's a lot to talk about in Ahsoka, yeah. and we will take our time and we will we will get to it. We will, we will. To find us when all that happens and to continue supporting us, you can find us on Twitter at Force Center Pod. We are on Threads as well, Instagram as well over there, Force Center Pod. Facebook page is Force Center Podcast. And our podcast is available on a lot of different spots. Just search You'll find us. We are going to camera beginning with that Ahsoka episode on November 27th. Uh, you want to subscribe over there, but the podcast will be available. In fact, we, you know, watch both. I don't know, but a lot of you, but asking for our faces, you get it. That starts. You want to subscribe over on YouTube so you can get that. Merch available at tpublic.com slash user slash force center. Patreon.com slash force center is where you can support us directly and get into that discord. That is such a wonderful community that we draw inspiration and energy from. You can follow me at Cadnapsock. Go to my website, Cadnapsock com for all of that uh all the things i do there including uh music i got with my musical uh friends uh, brian tiller and sean arnold were called uh, called the moon agers we got a single out now and a full release coming soon all the information on my website jen where can they find you I am really excited to dust off my R2-D2 notebook. I'm going to like <laughs> blow off the dust because I'm going to get into Ahsoka, take my notes. Uh, I may post some thoughts on my uh, Instagram at Jennifer Landa, YouTube at Jennifer Landa, or TikTok at Jennifer Landa 1138. Love that. Joseph, take us home. Yeah, you can find me on all this social media at Joseph Scrimshaw, Blue Sky in particular. Uh, if you want to say something nice to me on Instagram, that would be nice. Uh, <laughs> And then uh, my mm -hmm. short film uh, that I worked on with many wonderful people, The Nightmare Adorable, is playing in Las Vegas at the Sin City Horror Festival. It is playing specifically on Saturday, December 2nd at 4 p.m. I'll be there with a Q&A. And uh, one of the great things about this festival, hey, if, if you want to come and check out all of the great horror films, uh, you can get a ticket to the whole thing. You can also just get a $5 ticket to the short blocks that uh, Nightmare Adorable is playing in. So if you're in the area... You'd like to see it. You'd like to say hello. Uh, please come and join me at Sin City Horror Fest. There is a link to all that information on my website, josephscrimshot.com. There you go. There you go. Unmute your mic, Ken. All right. That's it. We're <laughs> back, baby. Star Wars and Force Center together again. We'll see you next time here on Force Center. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. 
Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.